your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Wednesday. Welcome to your Wednesday being over, I should say. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. On the show, coming up, I'm going to talk to Chris Haskell. She's the chair of the voter of voter services of <laughs> chair of the Vo- of voter services committee for the League of Women Voters in Lacrosse. Uh, talk a little bit about local elections. What's going down here in uh, less than a week? Less than a week, people, and you can vote right now. And she's going to kind of explain some of this stuff, but also just have like a little bit deeper conversation about elections in general. And, um, you know, what they mean, why, why local elections are, are really important. And then uh, the League of Women Voters, what they're doing, and uh, some, some kind of questions I have for her about the League of Women Voters, too, as well. So it should be a pretty interesting conversation that's coming up. Um, I just I do have to bring this up because I just have to. It's, it's a local kid, and he's, he's kind of arguably the one of the top five players in all of college basketball, but the Badgers, if you didn't hear, the 14th-ranked Badgers beat 17th-ranked Michigan State. This is a team that beat them just two weeks ago. They kind of clobbered them a couple of weeks ago in Madison, which doesn't happen. So the Badgers go to Michigan State last night to Michigan State, where they're 9-1, Michigan State, and uh, beat them 70-62. to Not only that, Johnny Davis dropped 25 points. Uh, he came into the game really struggling. He, so he's just, he can't, he just has these streaks where he doesn't shoot for game over game. Or, and and part of that is, so Johnny Davis, why I'm talking about him, he's a lacrosse native, Central High School graduate. Uh, his brother's on the team too, Jordan Davis. They're going to be in lacrosse here in a couple uh, couple days. And um, Dave Carney in the morning is going to have the Central coach, Todd Forget on with him tomorrow morning. So 6 to 9, listen to Dave Carney and WKTY. Uh, he's going to probably just kind of discuss what's uh, Jordan and Johnny coming to town, what that's all about, and and probably talk about Johnny Davis. So it should be a pretty interesting conversation. But, um, yeah, D- Davis really struggled from the field coming into the last night's game, and then he went 8 for 11. Uh, and if you didn't watch the Bucks game, the Bucks game on right after that, Giannis Antetokounmpo scored 44 points. He missed three shots too, so <laughs> pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, Davis uh, is. This is the stat. I'm, I'm leading up to this. This is the stat. Davis leads the nation, so he leads all of college basketball in points per game. Not in general, and he's at he's at about 21 points a game. But against ranked teams this season, Johnny Davis leads the nation, leads all of college basketball in points per game against ranked teams, which is incredible because you really you really can pad your stats against unranked teams because sometimes you could just get 50, not 50, but you probably get 30 points if you're a decent player against the unranked team in some of those non-conference games because you know how that works. Uh, but Davis leads the nation. So when Davis is playing uh, ranked teams, he's averaging 25.3 points a game. He's played six ranked teams. The Badgers three and three against ranked teams, which is kind of how it goes when you play ranked teams. You're gonna be, you're probably gonna win half of them and lose half of them. Uh, but then against unranked teams, Davis is 18 and a half points a game. So I thought that was pretty interesting. It's pretty incredible. This kid from lacrosse leading the nation and scoring against ranked teams. It's it's it should, be, it should kind of blow your mind, really. All right, six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. I I did have two two things to bring up. On wisdomnews.com, uh, so the Wisconsin Assembly Speaker Robin Voss is fighting with a watchdog group. It's funny we call it watchdog group. I feel like uh, it's, it's called American Oversight over open records requests. 
And uh, the the one interesting thing I thought so so if you make a open records request to the state legislature, they have to keep the record and give it to you. But what's happening apparently is that they're making the American Oversight is making records requests over this Gableman 2020 presidential election investigation that they're doing. We want the records. The public wants to know what's going on, right? Give us the records. And uh, those requests aren't getting to Voss's staff. And if they don't get to Voss's staff in time, the legislature can delete the records. Because apparently the rule is the legislature is not required to retain records unless an open records request has been filed. So if I don't give you the open records request, well, then I can delete the records. I don't know what the time frame is there. But it seems like an archaean policy that dates back to the times when we literally had physical records. We have these things now called computers. And I feel like maybe the legislature shouldn't delete any records ever. We should keep them, all of them. Why would we delete anything? It's funny that we just, well, we're going to delete these. Well, we don't have a basement full of manila folders full of papers that we, you know, we're burning up entire buildings just keeping records anymore. Uh, so next time I have some state legislators on, that'll be one of my questions. Why is the legislature getting rid of records ever at all? Because I think uh, I, don't, I don't see a problem with keeping all the records all the time. It's not like uh, police body cam videos where, you know, A, you could keep you could keep videos that are so like low quality that you wouldn't be able to see anything. Kind of like some of the street cam videos. You're like, wow, I can't really make out who that is. Ah, do those do all that good if you can't see, you know, a person in the video or a license plate with cars driving by? No. So you got to upgrade the cameras, right? But the cameras, keeping that high quality video takes some, some money, takes some effort, it takes a... Uh, a lot of uh, disk space, I, I guess you could say. I don't know if we call them disks anymore, but it just takes a lot of memory. And then you got to store that stuff. It's a little bit different, but also you don't have to keep VHS tapes in the basement of the police department in case somebody wants them later. And then, you know, after about a year, we could delete those. But, you know, so a little bit different. But the legislature is just keeping, keeping files. Like, I, I, don't, I don't see why we can't just keep them forever. All right. That's my rant. I had one on Ron Johnson, too, but I want to get to Chris Haskell with the League of Women Voters, talk about some of this election stuff. Um, but if you want to go read about Ron Johnson's fight with uh, the all the Democratic Senate candidates, uh, because he wouldn't bring, he's not fighting to bring jobs to Oshkosh because those jobs are going to South Carolina. And the, the company's called Oshkosh Defense. Um, I, I, my, my only take on this in terms of like the, the comments that Johnson said were a little bit ludicrous, but I think if Johnson was fighting to bring jobs to Oshkosh, then he would get ripped on for, you know, using his power to bring jobs to his hometown. <laughs> so there's, I don't think he, like he took the losing of the two battles because he could be like, yeah, I'm trying to bring jobs to my hometown, even though I'm a Wisconsin state Senator, he could bring jobs somewhere else in Wisconsin uh, so I think if he went the other way with this and brought jobs to Oshkosh, then the 10, 12 Democrats that are fighting uh, to, to take his seat in the Senate would argue that he's using his position to bring uh, straight up jobs to his hometown instead of like looking out for the betterment of all of the state. Anyway, that's my take on that. I got it. out. All right. We'll be back. All right. Welcome back to the Crosstalk PM 608. 785-7914. Shoot me a text if you got questions about elections, local elections coming up. Chris Haskell is on with me. Let me get Dave Matthews out of here, Chris. Uh, Chris is the chair of the Voter Services Committee for the League of Women Voters. 
League of Women Voters in lacrosse, League of Women Voters dash lacrosse. Uh, you're, but you're literally in lacrosse somewhere, huh, Chris? Right. Yes, I am. Thanks for having me on, Rick. It's League of Women Voters of the lacrosse area. Of the lacrosse area. Okay. Of right. the lacrosse. See, I, I got to write it down. Then when I, <laughs> when I bring you up again at the bottom half of the hour, then I'll have it right. Um, all right. Thanks for that correction. So, Obviously, 2020, you know what? This may be not, this might not be obvious. There are, of course, 2022 elections, but how many people do you think know there's one in six days? Well, I, that's the question. Um, historically, these kinds of elections do not draw a big turnout. And whether it's that people just aren't aware that there's an election or um, they're not sure who to vote for or, the importance of it, um, I'm not sure. I mean, we have everyone vote signs all over the city with attachments that say it's February 15th, so hopefully people are seeing those, but um, and hopefully people will vote. Yeah, so coming up, obviously, February 15th, and then you got to find, uh, you, what do you, you got to find your voting district. Maybe those change a little bit? Right. Thanks for mentioning that, yes. Um, so every 10 years, Areas are redistricted, just like the state, the county, um, the city. So you should check your polling place. And one website I probably will mention a lot in our conversation is uh, myvotewi.gov. You can really quickly double-check your polling place. You don't want to go to the polling place that you've always gone to and then find out, oh, you were one of the people that, who had a polling place change. Yeah, I just, I Google my vote in one word, Wisconsin, and it comes up and then, you know, some of the options here are like, what's on my ballot, vote absentee. So what are the things that we can and can't do? Because I could still, can I still vote, or like, could I vote today if I wanted to, even after five o'clock? It depends. So, so there's early voting. That's one of three ways you can vote in any election. Um, and you should check your city clerk's hours because uh, it varies. So so the February 15th election is um, for the school district of La Crosse, but that's not only the city of La Crosse. That's the town of Shelby and other. So any area that who's, where the children go to the La Crosse schools would be voting on this. Uh, you can go to the county clerk's website mm-hmm. and look under elections and then look under Type E notices, and that gives you the hours for um, every place. For the city of La Crosse, um, the early voting is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from 9 o'clock to 2 o'clock. So the answer to your question is, Rick, no, you can't go vote right now if you live in the city of La Crosse. Unless you had a ballot, because I can go drop it off, right? Right. Oh, thank that's you. Yes. I, that's so, what I was getting uh, at. But tomorrow, to vote. one is early voting. The other is the, is the absentee ballot, and um, you can request those on the site you were just on the My Vote site, and fill it out in the comfort of your home. Have somebody witness it and um, drop it back in your mailbox, or run it down to your clerk's office. And again, every. Every clerk has those boxes. City of La Crosse, it's a green one outside City Hall. Mm-hmm. And um, you're done. You can also take it into uh, your polling place on Election Day if you don't get to it 
until then, and they will accept them. Yeah, you mentioned the the hours that they could vote early. You, so it's just tomorrow, but I, I forgot the times. Did you have the times in front of you? Something two to uh, for City of La Crosse, it's nine to two. Nine to two. Okay, so just tomorrow, but, and then you, and otherwise you'll have to go on Tuesday next week. Right, or if you live in town of Shelby or town of I think it's Washington or be, anyway any of the townships that also feed the school district of La Crosse yeah. um, they have different voting early voting hours alright so and then you know this isn't going to be the 7 million people aren't going to vote for this obviously there's not 7 million people here but they on the on that ballot for the city of La Crosse and, and the county there's one county board seat district 7 there's three people we're going to get down to two so we have a primary for county board, District 7, and then District 7 changed too, right? So people might not even know they're in District 7 because of the redistricting, right? That's correct. So District 7 is from 17th Street to the Bluff, and from Cass Street, except for one block, which is Cameron Avenue, <laughs> from, from Cass Street to State Road. So that's District 7. Yeah, it's always kind of interesting because you just got to relearn where your district is. And then uh, the other thing on the, the ballot for next uh, this coming Tuesday, there's eight school board candidates. We're going to cut that. We're going to cut two of them. We're going to vote two of them off, essentially. Uh, so we're going to get down to six candidates for the general election. And then we're going to cut that in half because there's three seats available on the lacrosse School District Board. Correct. You vote for three. Um, but whoever the whoever, whichever are the two that have the least number of votes will not move on to the April April fifth election. All right, and so like let's get into that a little bit. We're speaking with Chris Haskell. She's the chair of the Voter Services Committee for the League of Women Voters of the Lacrosse Area. See, I did that. <laughs> uh, Got it. Like, and there's eight candidates. We, you know, how. You know, if I'm in the, if I if I'm in this voting district, right? If I can vote for the Lacrosse School Board, obviously I can just Google, you know, Lacrosse School Board. But you know, how, how have you done this? Have you figured out how many different ways you can figure out information on school board members? Well, I think um, the the website that the League of Women Voters has is would be my first go to. So there's a website. It's vote411.org. And we have a team in La Crosse that um, interviews all of the candidates, so you can go on that website and read interviews. Um, all eight were asked to be on, and um, two did not respond, but um, six of the eight candidates, you can read their answers, and you can even pull up and compare, so if you want to compare one person's to the other person's. So, I would suggest vote411.org. Same for county board. All three of the people running for District 7 seat for county board have answers on that website, and you, so you can compare them. And do I just have to navigate until I get to La Crosse County? Is that how I'm doing that? Or to La Crosse? Right. From right. You, okay. You'll go to Wisconsin, and it's a national, uh, a national yep. website. But. Yeah, I got you. Um, and then you guys had a forum last week uh, with with six of the candidates, because three of those candidates didn't show up. How, what did you take from that forum? Um, I thought, well, first of all, we had a, a, a really a big audience on the forum, and then we streamed it live on our Facebook and had um, big numbers there. So the, the first thing that I take is, holy smokes, this is a primary 
for school board, and there's just a lot of interest around it, and um, you know there are a lot of strong candidates, and I, I think it's great that people are putting them out or themselves out there and wanting to run for a position on our school board. So that's my big take. Yeah, it's it's become it's become the news. I think I think a lot of this might just have to do with kids being a uh, remote learning for you know a year, a year and a half. And then B, just masks. Maybe that, and maybe it's just masks because kids are, are are having to wear masks in school yet, and and maybe that's all it takes to get people fired up about what their school board. But in terms of of you know what your school board member does, uh, you know it's it's a little bit more than just masks, right? Right, and um, and a lot of school boards don't. It's not really their decision about whether there will be masks or not. Um, it's it's kind of dependent on the kind of government governance uh, different school boards have. But, uh, yes, thank you. We had a, a lunch and learn on Tuesday, and the topic was school boards, and we had um, the presidents of three local uh, school boards, and then it's a woman from Black River Falls that is the president of the State School Board Association, and they just talked about that and talked about... Um, kind of how they got involved in being on school boards and what powers they do and don't have. And, and so that, that's a fascinating. You can see that on our website, LeagueOfWomenVoters.org, um, as you can go back and see the um, school board forum to hear from the candidates. That, was that a video, that, that last one, the school board information? Uh, that's a lunch and learn. That was on. I don't know if you call it a video. It was a, a recorded Zoom session. So a yeah, that's recorded what I meant. Webinar. Yeah, it's something that we can literally watch as opposed to just right. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I I, uh, I haven't gone to search for that one, but I saw it. I saw it too late, you know, and then I was like, dang it. <laughs> so oh, I, good. Okay. <laughs> well, go to our website and well, and that and, one's and, and that's really interesting because I think a lot of you know as we we learn. You, you know, as you see, a lot of people are more interested in the school board race and what the school board members are, are, are you know, talking about in terms of running for this. And, you know, we're having a primary in six days on school board, cutting from eight to six. Uh, I, I don't know if a lot of people know exactly what the school board does. So I feel like that might but that might have been maybe you did these in the wrong order. You should have did. Hey, this is what the school board does. And then the next one. Hey, here's the school board members. Okay, yeah, I'll take that under advisement for the next time we'll we do, do this, Rick. We'll do this next time. Thanks for the thanks for the armchair quarterback on Monday morning for that, Rick. But no, I'm just kidding. But I, but it is. I think it's important. I uh, to 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 understand what exactly uh, the school board does and and what they stand for, and then learn what the members stand for as well. Uh, we're talking with Chris Haskell. She's the chair of the Voter Services Committee for the League of Women Voters of the Lacrosse Area. Uh, when we come back, we're going to just keep talking about elections here. And um, I, I want to, Chris, I want to ask you about the, the League of Women Voters, too, and just what y'all stand for. And um, maybe some of the misperception, as I as I see in all caps text on my text line, uh, denouncing the League of Women Voters as partisan when you're oh, just... <laughs> shoot. Okay. Yep. I mean, it's serious, Chris. It's in all caps. Okay. So. <laughs> we'll talk about it. All right. We'll do that when we come back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM, 
785-7914 is the talk and text line. Somebody told me the uh, the mail is going to close next month. Literally the M... Oh, the mall. Okay. Never mind the mall. <laughs> I was like, we're talking about elections and mail and ballots. And George texts me and he goes, the mail is going to close next month. And, and, you know, like a little while ago, we were, you know, before the presidential election, we were. We were fighting about the United States Postal Service. So, George, I, I see now if you would have did that one in all caps, I would have been able to read it better. But you hear giggling there. That's Chris Haskell. She's the chair of the Voter Services Committee for the League of Women Voters of Cross Area. Um, what is the Voter Services Committee? Like, what, what do you do, Chris? Oh, boy, we do lots of stuff. So the League of Women Voters, actually, I think people, possibly because of our name, tend to think of us as just being involved in voting. But actually, we, we are involved in many things. We have uh, stands on, on many issues. Uh, but one of our main things is uh, registering and educating voters, and that's the, the voter service committee spearheads that. So okay, and we have an election, a primary coming up in six days, and you can go. We 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 determined that you could go tomorrow if you had your if you wanted to vote early. Tomorrow's the last day to do that. Uh, and if you have a ballot from an absentee, an absentee ballot, you could throw that. You're probably safe yet to to throw it in the mail because the mail's not closing next week. Um, but you're probably you're probably safe <laughs> to throw that in your, in your mailbox yet, Chris. Right. Right, and actually, um, our county clerk's website says that you can still request absentee ballots through February 10th, which is Thursday. So if you say, oh, geez, I really did want to vote absentee, but I didn't get the ballot, you can go on that um, myvote.wi.gov website, request your absentee ballot, and uh, you should get it in time to be able to fill it out. I would not recommend mailing it back. Mailing it at that point, but you can you can drop it in or you can walk it in. Yeah, you could drop it in the absentee ballot box. It's funny we're fighting over absentee ballot boxes. This seems like the most convenient thing, except for me because I live in Minnesota and Houston, and my my absentee ballot drop box is twenty five minutes away. Oh really? Oh, yeah. interesting. It's okay, in you don't have a clerk in Houston. It's then. in it's in Caledonia. Well, it's in Houston. They moved my voting district to, to Caledonia instead of Houston, seven miles away. So okay. now I'm well. I'm sure you're willing to make the sacrifice, right? But I love having. I love that uh, getting the ba- the ballot in the mail because then I sit down and I can study it a little bit more. Because the last time I voted without studying, you know, you can get your ballot early. You can do the what's on my ballot. And get it early and see, you know, who and what you want to, who, where you want to vote. But the last time I, I did this in the in the office, you know, v- literally going to the thing to vote, uh, I had my phone and I was just, I was probably in there like thirty five minutes, uh, you know, being like, man, I really, I, I didn't even know this was on here, and now I got to do some internet studying to figure out who I want to vote for. Right, right, you're exactly right. So getting the absentee ballot at home, yeah, it gives you all the time to do that so you don't find yourself in in that position. And actually, I don't think a lot of people are aware that you can go um, online to my vote and you can request your absentee ballots for the whole year. So um, not just, you don't have to do it for each election. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. Um, Yeah. Okay, so in, in terms of that, too, when, when I was studying for this, I, I ran into a lot of school board races in Houston, and I was like, I don't have, A, I don't have kids in the school board, or in, the, in school, I don't have kids, period. Uh, so I didn't vote for, for people on the school board, because I, I just didn't have the information, 
and I didn't have like a, a any skin in the game, so to speak, because I, you know, like I'm going to let people that that deal with the, and that's probably not the right thinking, right, Chris? It's, I probably need to go maybe maybe do some research and and figure out when when it's a school board race is on the ballot. Yeah, right, Rick. I, that's just <laughs> just what I was going to say. You know, we all have skin in the game when it comes to the education of our children. I mean, even if we don't have children ourselves or grandchildren ourselves. We don't want we don't want to go to the doctor that was not well educated or have the um, person that's running our stores or whatever. We want our population to be well educated. So it's really a skin in everybody's game. And if you're not sure who to vote for for school board, you can go to um, vote411.org. That's a a website that the league runs um, down to the smallest races in our area. We have a team It's uh, separate from the voter services team, but another team of people who put out questionnaires to all the candidates for all the elections in our area. And you can go on there right now and look at the answers from the school board candidates um, and also for the three people that are running in district seven on the county board and, as you said, have time to study it before you're standing there in the polling booth and thinking, oh, geez, who was I going to vote for again? What, what do you think of the upcoming school board race in, in terms of you had that forum last week, you even had the lacrosse school, uh, whatever you want to call it. What did you call it, the luncheon with uh, school board members or school board leaders, right? Yeah, we do once a month, we do a lunch and learn, and it's on, on different topics. So this year we've had them on policing, we've had them on homelessness. Um, so it's various topics. It happened that this month it was on school boards, and um, we had the three um, three presidents of local school boards, and then the woman from Black River Falls, who's head of the state school board association, were on and talking about what school boards do. Yeah, and you know what? A little show prep here, Chris. Before those luncheons happen. Just like shoot me an email, and then maybe I can bring on bring someone on the show. We can kind of preview it a little bit. Oh, great! Because <laughs> I think those yeah. are I think those are really interesting, especially the one. Hey, what does a school board do? I think a lot of people would be interested in, in listening to that. And um, and you know, off the air here in the break a couple minutes ago, we were just talking about just the, so the League of Women Voters is nonpartisan, but I think maybe you get the the you get the partisan hack. I call it, I get called a partisan hack sometimes. Uh, maybe because simply because you have the name women in your in your name, <laughs> and uh, they're women, so they got to be liberals or something like that. I, like, what? Do you, how do you guys handle when people come at you and say, "Hey, no, we're you're partisan. We don't want to take part in anything you're doing. You you are partisan when, in fact, you're not." Okay, so yeah, first of all, interesting take that all women are liberal, but right, um, we are the League of Women Voters, uh, and and actually. Maybe we should change our name from women because we have several men members also um, in, in our local league and across the country, and they're a valued part of our organization. Um, we are political, but we are nonpartisan, and maybe there's some confusion there. But um, we, we never uh, recommend, um, endorse any candidates when we're out tabling at events and people are, are registering or talking to us, we, we don't talk about candidates. Uh, that, that's not our thing. Our thing is we want 
everyone to be vo- to vote and to be educated about voting. You don't talk about candidates, but you will talk to candidates. Oh, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah. Not necessarily yeah. promoting a candidate, but you're promoting candidates in general. Hey, do you want to come on and, and you know, and sell yourself, so to speak? Right. We do have forums. That's another big part of our um, of our mission is is to have forums so people can learn about the different candidates, and then we post them on our website. So if you're not available to watch it at the time that it happens, you can watch it later. How impossible is it to call yourself nonpartisan, also call yourself political, and then try to walk that line? Because I, I don't know if it's, you know, it doesn't seem like it's very possible for many, many entities to do this anymore. Yeah, you know, Rick, we're 100 years old. Um, the National League uh, actually celebrated their birthday a couple years ago, and the, the League of Women Voters in the city of La Crosse in 2024 will be 100 years old. So um, we've been around walking that line between being political and nonpartisan for 100 years, and I think we got it down. Uh, <laughs> we can do that. So. Yeah, it gets hairier, though, as we go, uh, you know, deeper and deeper into this, because I would say that even we're down to school board races being partisan. There's there's no question about it. If you if you want to dig a little bit, uh, we're at that level now. Yeah, and that's that's uh, very unfortunate. I, I would agree with you that partisanship has um, made its way into elections. And, and the irony is that the spring elections are, that's their label, the nonpartisan primary, the nonpartisan spring election. So the, the two elections in the fall are, are partisan elections, but these are supposed to be um, nonpartisan. Yeah, local elections, school board, county board, uh, which even even the mayor, right? Even the mayor is supposed to be nonpartisan, right. wouldn't you say? Right. I mean, right, they don't they right. don't get labeled DNR. I, I think after a while, we figure out, yeah, maybe this person leans that way or this person leans the other way. Um, but in general, there is there a way to solve this? <laughs> Let's solve it right now. Can you solve it, Chris? Get the partisanship. No, I'm out? sorry, I can't. And I I, I just think um, maybe with time. I, I I mean, I feel like we're a very hyper partisan society right now. Um, so that filters has that has filtered down to. The school board election in La Crosse, Wisconsin, but I, I'm hopeful that in time um, that will change, and and maybe maybe the silver lining is it's made people more interested in elections and voting and running for office. So um, maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, I was just going to say, in, in terms of you, you, you had that forum last week. You said it was really popular. It's got a lot of people showed up. A lot of people watched. Um, this could be this could be at some point a good thing if it if it to- if we tone it down a little bit. Um, but man, the these these little hidden primaries on a on a Tuesday in February uh, when it's just school board and county and one county board primary, uh, the the turnout's not going to be great. And it, it may, but are you hopeful? Maybe it'll be a little bit better this year or this coming week. Yeah, I'm very hopeful. I uh, the percentages in all our elections, obviously 2022. Um, was a uh, was huge all over the country, and La Crosse County was no different with eighty eight percent of registered voters voting in that election, which was wonderful. Um, so so I am optimistic. I think the percentage of of people eligible people voting getting out there and voting is um, has been growing and 
So we'll see, but I hope so. Um, we're speaking with Chris Haskell. She's the chair of the Voter Services Committee for the League of Women Voters of the Lacrosse area, uh, talking about local elections. Um, you know, I, I guess what what ways is there a better way to just to promote this stuff, or, or a way maybe that the state should do a better like automatic voter registration that I was talking about, but like even having a voting day where we get a day off. Do you guys promote stuff like that? Yes, we do. So the National League, State League, we. Um, have positions on all of that. So anything that that makes it easier for people to vote um, is is something that we promote. And I think a a day off, you know, a, a Tuesday election day, maybe if it would just be for the bigger elections, that would be great. Um, and and automatic voter registration is uh, something that several states already have, and it would be great if. Uh, Wisconsin had that too. Yeah, that would be terrific. I do think, again, thinking of silver linings, one thing that the that COVID did for us was a lot of people learned about uh, absentee ballots, um, both voting early and getting absentee ballots. So, so it is nice in the state of Wisconsin. You can have an absentee ballot mailed right to your house. It has the postage on it, so you don't have to pay the postage to return it. So so those are some good things, and we want to reinforce those good things. But um, sure, more could be done. Yeah, Minnesota sent me mine, and I didn't even ask. So I was like, oh, wow, this is so convenient. <laughs> and then I forgot to put it back in the mailbox and had to drive to Caledonia. <laughs> uh, but coming up here, you know, after the February 15th, uh, you know, can you talk about the general election coming up after that and, and the date? And, you know, that's a pretty big one. Yes, so there's a primary on uh, August 9th, and we know there will be a primary because we know that um, there are uh, multiple candidates for the offices. So, um, yeah, that is is huge. That'll be uh, the governor. Um, We'll have a United States senator, a United States representative, and um, several other offices. So, yeah, fall elections will, will be huge. Again, we want people to vote in every election, but um, that fall election, the, especially the November 8th one, is um, will probably have a higher turnout than the other ones. Yeah, and, and that one, you know, no president on the ballot, but that, that it's still, it seems like, I've been, I've been talking with, uh, on the Democratic Voice podcast with the La Crosse County Party, Party Democratic Party chair, uh, we've just been rolling through candidates, and there's so many. Like, there's there's 10, 11 for Senate, and there's five for Congress here in the third district. Um, and some of them, I'm I'm like, wow, I really I really like what you have to say, and you have no chance of winning <laughs> because <laughs> because you just what you don't have the money, you don't have the name recognition. It's so stupid, and be, and it's all because uh, you, we can't get this information out, maybe, or we or probably just uh, the, the money in politics is is out of hand. Yeah, and I would agree with you. We are um, basically a two-party system, um, and, and that's just, I guess, because that that's what works. Those are the people that generally uh, win with a few independents scattered here and there. But um, it would be nice to hear from more voices, and it is unfortunate that it's very expensive for people to run for office. I mean, that that was what we were just talking about. The candidates that are running in a primary for school board now are probably spending money. Um, and it's too bad that that has to be a criteria to to run and, as you said, 
and then probably not get elected. Yeah, and we could we could change that, but we we don't because I think uh, I don't know why we don't. I, I I always bring up Chris. I go uh, the rule should be I you can you can donate to as many candidates as you want as a person, not as a business. The entities don't get to do this. You can donate to as many as you want, but the max is fifteen dollars. Everyone can donate as many fifteen dollar checks as they want to any candidate, but that's the max. I think I think I would solve the problem. Oh, well, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> I'm I'm afraid that the the people who are in power now, all of most of whom are from one party or another, maybe would not support that, but. Yeah, yeah, fifteen dollars—a little low for their piggy banks, I think, uh, but not for mine. Fifteen dollars is about as much money as I. You know what? And I'm going to take that fifteen dollars, Chris, and I'm going to div- divide it up into like fifteen different people because I don't want to spend money. I don't want to. I don't want to donate to political candidates. Like it's just—I don't know—it's just silly. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it would be nice if it didn't cost money to run, and maybe we would get. Um, Although we just talked about there are a lot of people running now, but maybe would, there would be even more if they thought, oh, I'm not going to have to go into debt to be able to run for this office. Yeah. The other alternative is everyone gets five grand. Here you go. Like school board race. Y'all get five grand. Do what you want with it. Uh, that's your, you know, and then nobody has to donate because, you know, some people, hey, I've got, I make $150,000 a year. I can donate uh, up to the $2,000 max. And other people make, you know, $30,000 a year and don't have any money to donate. So they don't get a say. Right, exactly. That's interesting. So it's, it's part of having a voice um, from everyone, too. But, you know, that's why you vote. You're, yeah. you're, voting is your voice. And um, that's the way you can express your opinions. And maybe, Rick, you want to vote for someone that says, I want to do away with being able to give anything more than $15 <laughs> right. to a candidate. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, that's Chris Haskell. She's the chair of voter, the Voter Services Committee for the League of Women, Women's Voters of the Lacrosse area. Thanks so much, Chris, for joining me this hour. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That's all the time I have for today. Thank you to Chris Haskell with the League of Women Voters of the Lacrosse area again for joining. See you tomorrow.